Hi there, and welcome to the Love or Leave the Law podcast with your hosts, Adam Ouellette and Casey Berman. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Love or Leave the Law podcast. I'm here with Casey, my co-host. I'm Adam. Casey, say hi. Hi, everybody. Today's going to be an interesting topic as we discuss a topic that's near and dear to a lot of people's heart, and that's money. There are people that got into the profession because they thought it was a good money-making way of being in the world. Uh, And some of us have found that it's been a good living, and others have found that it's not been all that great. So there are a lot of beliefs we have around money, and money is probably the biggest impetus for people not leaving the law because there is fear around not having enough money. So I think today's topic is apropos to continue our discussion on the major obstacles to leaving the law. So, Casey, why don't you start us out about talking the root of all evil, which is money. Is that correct? (laughs) Nah, it's more nuanced than that. You know that. Uh, Adam and I have talked a lot about money. We still continue to do in in our relationships with it. We've made a lot of progress, but it's, it's just ongoing. You know, this... As, as we talk today about money, uh, this builds on um, some of the other obstacles to leaving the law that we've talked about, um, the fears that we face. Uh, second, this need to identify with being an attorney. And, and there's more we're going to talk about, but um, we want to talk about today about money as an obstacle to us leaving the law. Now, as you know, I run LeaveLawBehind.com, uh, running for years uh, this community and blog to help attorneys explore leaving the law and and, uh, and find non-law sort of alternative careers out there. That's really my passion and uh, what I focus on. And so uh, please encourage you to visit leavelawbehind.com if you haven't already. And so one thing that I face a lot with my clients and uh, through my online course and my one-to-one coaching is, is this issue of money. And we're going to get in today are some of the fears that we have um, would love to hear back from you via email, other fears that we may not touch on or, or that you have, and then also just get into some steps that you can take to, uh, to mitigate this fear around money. But first of all, the root of all evil. Um, you know, I think many of us to begin with don't have a very good relationship with money. The looming student debt doesn't help at all. But if we go further back to our family, to uh, how we've, it's been perceived in, in uh, movies and, and the media, you know, whether rich people are all bad, whether money is the root of all evil, you know, what it really comes down to from the Bible and even Scrooge, a play I just saw with with uh, my family recently uh, in the holidays here is that, you know, it's really the love of money uh, to the exclusion of everything else is the root of all evil. You know, the love and focus on money without focusing on relationships and so on. That's really the lesson. Um, money is really a medium of exchange. It shows value. It's an energy. And we're going to get into that. Adam's done a lot of teaching on that. And I've learned a lot from it. But I think really the first thing that I want to focus on as an obstacle to us leaving the law is really just a bad feeling about money. We don't think we can make enough uh, as as if we were to leave the law or even other aspects of law. And just overall, we don't have a good relationship with it. We don't feel it's abundant. We feel we're always lacking. We never have enough. We can't play our student loans and so on. 
I think the second part when it comes to money that's a real obstacle and a pain point for us is this idea that we don't really think we can make enough money if we were to leave the law. And I think that comes to the idea that we don't really know what's out there. We don't know other jobs. We don't know other uh, uh, you know, salary schemes. We don't know other structures. We really don't know any other way to make money besides you know, marking something down every six minutes um, and, uh, and uh, you know, get, billing the hours. And so one thing that we want to do is really understand more what's out there as far as ways that we can make money, whether it's salary, whether it's contingent payments, whether it's equity. There are so, so many other ways uh, to make money and, and, and add value. Um, and then the, the second part that I, the third part that I really run into is really where the rubber hits the road. And that is we don't have much clarity around our financial situation. We think we spend this amount of money. We think we take in this amount of money. But really the getting an Excel sheet out, forecasting what we're doing, which is what I do with, with my clients, you know, that's, there's a confusion around money that either we don't want to face it because we don't want to look at our bank account or we just don't know how or we don't want to spend the, the energy to get an Excel sheet out and actually see how much we're spending um, because that can really give us insight in what we can and can't do. So um, Adam, thoughts? I mean, these are kind of the main pain points and obstacles I see uh, that really prevent a lot of people from moving forward and leaving the law. Well, I think when we do look at our expenses uh, personally and if you have a small firm or you're a partner in a firm and you start to really take a hard look at what we spend every month, a lot of times it'll blow your mind how much waste there is. And so I have never been a big one to focus in on my expenses all that much other than I'd like to cut out stuff that really isn't needed so that I'm not wasting money. But from my point of view, I, I see money as the biggest fear for people to leave because I've spoken with uh, tons of attorneys as well. And one of the big things that they have a fear about is, can I make enough money to live? You know, and and when you look at an average person, it doesn't take that much money to pay your bills. People want to have tens of thousands of dollars in the bank, and they have all these rules that they put in place before they decide to leave the law. Um, it's not something that you have to do, but it makes it a lot easier, right, Casey? I mean, if there's people that have savings, it makes it simpler because then they can take risks and they don't feel uh, bad about, oh, my God, I can't. I'm not going to be able to support my family. But in the end, I think money is part of the biggest uh, reason people don't leave the law because they're afraid of what's on the other side. And when I talk to people about money and I talk to them about leaving the law and I've had conversations with younger attorneys and their biggest issue is, yes, the looming or current student loan debt that they've got, uh, that's a big one. I mean, when I got out of law school, uh, there were no 30-year amortizations on law student debt, on law, uh, on school debt, student loans. There wasn't anything. It was 15-year. You could do some deferment stuff, but I didn't do that. But ultimately, um, my student loans were more than the first house I bought out of law school, which is crazy. You know, I had to live with my mom for a while so that I could save up some money to buy a house and have the opportunity to buy a house because those student loan payments were so high. And I put my nose to the grindstone and I paid them off in 12 years, which was difficult. You know, I, I wanted to do other things with that thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars $1,400 a month, you know. Um, and then once they were paid off, I did do some other stuff with that money. I bought some cars and stuff like that. But 
the the thing for me when I started looking at my finances, I said I've got to cut out what I don't need, and then look at how much money do I spend every month so that I can create a plan. And then really what it becomes about, and this isn't something that most uh, teachers or classes or courses speak about, and that is intention. Intentionality is everything. And you're going to learn a lot more about that through this podcast. And Casey and I have studied it, and we talk about it quite a bit when we talk on the phone, because it is that important. And intentions are goals. Um, goal setting is important. Most people set goals at the beginning of the year and then they never look at them. But an intention is even clearer than a goal because with an intention, you begin then to picture the f- and feel the feeling of it done. And that really yeah. is where, as Casey said, the rubber meets the road. That's where <laughs> you can start to shift your beliefs. And that's where you'll uncover what you believe about money because there is a puritanical belief system that is pretty much worldwide, but the United States has it in, in deeply ingrained, and that is you have to work really hard yeah. to make ends meet. And to me, that's bullshit. You don't have to work really hard. You have to work smarter, and that's why yeah. the stuff that I teach is all about setting up systems and automating stuff and delegating stuff because when you look at the law practice, as most people have done it, for the past hundred years, attorneys in general, they don't set it up like a business. They set it up like the the lawyer is a employee of the company. Yeah. And if you are part of a small firm or a medium sized firm, you're not an employee. You treat yourself like one. And it's the shifting of the mindset around making money. You can leverage other people, paralegals, secretaries, virtual assistants, for God's sakes. Uh, we have a virtual assistant that helps us with this podcast, and she's amazing. And she's halfway around the world. I think all the way around the world, isn't she, Casey? I mean, yeah. she's she's uh, a, a, an all amazing. All the way around. And she helps us uh, to edit the video and and do a yeah. tremendous amount of work uh, to get this podcast out to you. And so when I started looking at money in a deep way, I realized my belief systems came from my parents, came from society, came from friends and, and TV. A lot of it were brainwashed around money. Uh, unless you're really wealthy, you probably have some limiting beliefs around money. And that's part of my process is to help you to uncover what you believe about money, start to shift it. But it is a process and it does take some work. And the fear that you have about money and the fear you have about not having enough of it, as we've talked about in previous episodes, that fear will cause you to have some of those things to come true. So fear is fear of not having money is the, a big issue here. Wouldn't you say, Casey? I would. And, you know, there's two things I just want to bring up. And one is, you know, people who live in very expensive parts of the country or the world, uh, London or New York or San Francisco. I get it. I live in the heart of San Francisco. I'm born and raised here. I've seen this town turn from a small town to uh, what it is now, which is an extremely expensive uh, uh, 49 square miles with tech money and venture capital money and so on. And, you know, it's been difficult. There's no way around it. But I think that regardless of where you are, it's a shift in the mindset. And you can do that in New York, you can do it in San Francisco, you can do it in in a small little town, wherever you are, where it's not expensive. 
I've struggled a lot with, well, my wife and I, if we just leave San Francisco and go move here and go move there, but you know, wherever you are, that's where you are and wherever your mind is, that's where it's going to be. And so, um, it's taken longer. I definitely have more expenses or higher expenses here than you might in other parts of the country. But for people who, um, you know, will look at this and say, well, I live in an expensive spot and shut themselves off. That's not the right way to go because, uh, it's really a mindset. It's a mindset shift. And it's not about cutting out a latte here or not buying Starbucks or starving yourself. That's no way to live. But it is an idea to look at your expenses and seeing where you can trim because you can you can really do that or really seeing if you need the car or seeing if you need the private school or seeing all of this. But really the bigger issue is to see how can you make more money? How can you really add value? Uh, don't worry too much about the expenses. I definitely think trimming fat and automating is huge, which Adam goes, which we've gone into much more, has gone into detail with and we'll go into more. But I think it's a mindset shift of that, you know, money is abundant. There's always money out there. It's not like there's just a finite amount as much as to, to contrary to what the systems might want us to believe. And when it comes to really focusing on your unique genius, so skills and strengths, which really come naturally to you, you know, when you, and I've seen it, I've seen it with the many clients who leave law behind who have left the law. When you align your skills and strengths with the job that actually calls for it, there's a real connection between the two. You add value. And when you add value, you make a lot of money because people will pay you for it. They, it, it's a consideration that they're giving you for the value you provide. Now it takes a while, um, but it's really more of a mindset shift than say a geographical shift that you need to uh, start on. Now, let me tell you a story about a client I'm working with now who just big law attorney uh, in the Midwest, uh, wants to leave, about to get married, just doesn't, just not passionate, but has had a great experience with money from his parents on up. And I just see such a difference in, he's lucky, but I see such a difference in him and how he views his next steps. He really feels like, you know, Casey, I know it's unknown, but I'm going to try this leave law behind thing and I'm going to take these next steps. Not because he's just flinging money around, but because he feels more empowered by it. And so as the rest of us who need to do that work, who might not have had that relationship with money, once we get there, I've seen it in action and it just sort of greases the skids of everything else that we can do and really empowers us to take some risks because it empowers us to, to be comfortable with the unknown and it really empowers us to look at who we are and feel better about that our skills and strengths can, can fit somewhere. Yeah, I spend a whole section on the beliefs around money in my book. And why I did this is because money is such an integral part of our personal relationships, our work relationships, our lives. And a lot of us don't understand the energy behind money, how to uh, make more money. This is something I studied for a long time. And then I yeah. started integrating some of this belief shifting, looking at what I believed in general, uh, instilling new beliefs because understanding that our subconscious is where our beliefs are stored. It's like a hard drive. And that subconscious was stored, was filled with a bunch of stuff, usually from other people. And most of those things in the subconscious are usually limited. They're limitations. And we don't even understand how they got there, why they were put there. And we don't know how to sh uh, shift them, to change them. And so money when I look at the divorce law and, and doing divorce and in general, money is the biggest reason people get divorced, that relationships split because there isn't enough money. There's money challenges or whatever there is going on. 
Um, and there is really no reason for it. Now, we're not sitting here guaranteeing you anything because your life is your own. And as I have, I, I write about in anything I teach is you are the, the steerer of your ship. You're the captain of your ship. So you're in charge of you. But I can tell you based on my path, Casey's got a similar path. When you start to uncover these limitations and start to put in new ones, it's like I look at it like going from a Windows to a Mac machine. They're different softwares. They're different programming languages. And to me, the Macintosh works much better than Windows ever could because the programming is better. And so what would you rather have? Broken down code in there about money? Or would you rather change it to a mindset that's more about abundance? Because that's really what this is about. Money represents energy. And it is a bargain for exchange, like Casey said. And money can't doesn't lead to happiness but money makes things easier doesn't it i mean if you had a shit ton of money in the bank you would leave the, your law job tomorrow if you were up that uh irritated by it and, and wanted to leave would you not i mean would there be any question if you had enough money in the bank whether you would it would influence your decisions to uh liberate yourself from something that you don't want right. or if you had money in the bank would you take that money and use it to expand your law firm and grow and market your firm like you would have never done if you were pinching pennies. There is a distinct difference in the energy and belief systems when you have abundance, but it's about creating abundance. It is a pathway, as I said before. It isn't, I wake up one day and all my beliefs are shifted. I wish that was the case, but as human beings, we have to, to uncover them and then replace them. And when you live from a place of abundance and you feel it as it's real, it starts to come true because I've lived it. I have changed my mindset about money, and it took me uh, about a half a year to do that. And it took me hitting uh, bottom when I split off from my law partner. And you'll hear more about that transition as we go. I've written about it in my book, and, and I have it in Esquire Academy program. But it is that important because most of us never look at anything around what we believe. Yeah. And money can help you to live a more comfortable life. That's yeah. all it really does. I mean, most of us will always make enough of what we need, not what we want. There's very few people in this country that starve. There are. I mean, there are. There are people out there, and they're starving and they don't have money for a reason. But if you're in this job and you've gotten this far and you have a law license and you're practicing law, then the likelihood of you not having enough money to pay your core bills is slim. Um, but there are people that have troubles regardless. It's all a learning experience. And so growth as a lawyer, as a person, does include you changing in terms of shifting your beliefs about money and understanding it doesn't need to be the way it was. That's all an illusion, right? I mean, Casey, how do we identify how much money we need to feel comfortable in order to leave the law? Is there a specific yeah. way you teach that? Yeah, and so exactly. So, you know, one of the first steps, and so there's all these issues about money, it's a mindset, student debt's a boogeyman, my parents instilled a bad relationship in me. I don't think there's enough. Uh, I get scared when I watch the news. The market's going to crash. The market's going up. On and on and on. And we can really feel that 
you know, I, I survived the recession and pitchforks and flames in the street, neighbor against neighbor, blah, 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 right? So we, we can feel positive, we can feel negative about it, but what it really comes down to is careful planning and doing some forecasting. And I have an Excel sheet that I use, a simple Excel sheet, and it's through, I work on it with my clients, uh, it's through, you have access to it through the Leave Law Behind course and the, the membership site that I'm about to launch. But it's really, it's very simple, but it's so important. And it's about fleshing out, uh, you know, what you make now, uh, how much savings you have. And if you were to take another job, um, what that salary would be, and then seeing what the shortfall is or seeing what the windfall is and then planning accordingly. But many of us plan from just a fact of, well, I'm going to make 50% less. So how could I do it? And, and close conversation. What I've seen with my clients though, is, and it's such an aha moment, and we don't have many of them in our lives, but this is such an aha moment that when you go through the Excel sheet, you plan it out, you say, well, there's this job I'm interviewing for, a non-law job, they pay less, I don't know how I'm gonna pull it off. You sit on it for a few days, you then talk to your spouse, you then see, I've seen it numerous times, where once you go through the numbers and plan it out, you make it work. And maybe you take less of a salary when you leave, but you're getting equity in the company. You're getting bonuses, or you're getting a stepping stone to another job that pays more than than a lawyer, um, that pays much more than a lawyer with bonuses. You're not billing by the hour. It's a salary job. You have equity. There are so many other ways that, that you can make money. Um, sometimes you need to take a step back, but I can tell you that the step forward that you take are just in many ways so much more lucrative. But it all comes down to one, realizing that there are other ways beyond just billing by the hour, and two, really getting into the details as to what your situation is, because it kind of smacks you in the face. It puts a mirror up to your face and you say, I get it. I see how it works. It's just like digging into the details of a case. It may look like a stinker to begin with, but then you read, you interview, you talk to the client, talk to relatives, talk to whoever, and you say, you know what, there might be an opportunity here. It's the same thing with your finances. And I know that so many of us just don't go there. Seems like an obvious step. We just don't go there. We don't know how to use Excel. We don't know how to forecast, or we don't want to log into our bank account because we just don't want to face the reality. But the first step really, really is to do this planning and this forecasting. It may take a month, it may take two months, but you sit on it, you think about it, you go for a walk, and before you know it, there is a uh, there is a path forward when it comes to money and also finding a path that, that you're happy about. I think the pathway a lot of times for lawyers and anybody with a small to medium-sized business is that they don't understand how to run a business. And so yeah. when we talk about money, Hand in hand, you've got to talk about the fact that we go through college, we get into law school, and there's no practical teaching for us to understand how yeah. to really market and advertise our businesses because law is a business. I mean, it's treated more of a business now than it ever has been. I wish it was more of a profession like it used to be, but it is what it is at this point. And Casey, your and my mission is to help it to be more uh, like a profession again. But yeah. in the end, it is a business. It, it It is a profession into itself. But when you understand that you never have learned how to be in business, I don't care if you're an associate working for a small or even a large firm, you are in business for yourself. If you That's are right. a partner or you're a solo, you are in business for yourself. And part of the 
the biggest issue I find talking to lawyers, and we're going to continue to talk about this over and over in deeper and deeper ways because it's that important. <clears throat> lawyers are good technicians. We don't learn a lot about real life in law school, unfortunately. Uh, we don't learn about a lot about real life in many aspects. You're, you learn about case law. It, it needs to change as far as I'm concerned. There has to be more real world stuff. I, when you pass the bar and you go out there, effectively they're saying that you are licensed, you can practice, but you don't know what you're doing. And I'm a testament to that. When I got out, I was thinking about hanging a shingle because I knew I thought I knew a lot about real estate law, but I didn't. When I got into it, I'm like, holy shit, man, I know the side of it from real estate brokerage, but I don't know a lot about title and all the rest of this. So I was fortunate to find someone that had been practicing for 20-some years and learned a lot from him for the first 10 years of my practice. But what I learned early on is he didn't know how to run a business. He thought he did, and he had a coach, and he was learning, but he was well into his 25th year by the time I came around. And so I said... I need to learn how to be a business person. I need to learn how to be an entrepreneur because that's really where, for me, making money came in to the picture. I needed to figure out how to hire and fire and have ideal team members and have the ideal practice and ideal clients. I had such shitty clients for so long at the beginning. They were driving me crazy. And that was a big part of why I hated the law, Casey, because yeah. the clients that I was, quote, unquote, attracting, because this is what we do, we attract a certain set of clients based on our beliefs. And there's a whole book written, Attracting Perfect Clients. And I read that book about 12, 15 years ago. I don't know when it first came out. And uh, it totally changed the way I looked at my life and my clients. And I started to rate my clients. I rated them from A to F and I fired some clients. Those ones that were C's, D's and F's, I got rid of them because they were taking up my time. They weren't profitable. And then I read the E-Myth and then I read a, a ton of other books on business and marketing and advertising and stuff like that. And yes, we, we are shackled, uh, when it comes to advertising, but we're not in a way that you can't share your knowledge with others and create an amazing marketing and advertising plan where it's not about you. It's not about your firm. It's about sharing, giving, being of service to others. That is marketing advertising. And that is something we're going to cover in depth. And that's something I cover in a new product I'm finishing up right now called the ideal client attraction formula. That is for attorneys and small businesses because that is the secret sauce. And I think that's the problem most people have with money is they don't know about the beliefs, yes, but they don't know how to make more of it. That is the disconnect, and we're not taught this anywhere. So it is really what you don't learn in law school. They don't teach you in law school. You know, there's a book, what they don't teach you in Harvard Business School or whatever the hell it was called, and I read that years ago too. And there is so much that we don't learn, and there's so much that there is to learn. And so if you're going to stay in the law, you're going to leave the law, you're going to be in business somehow. And so my, uh, imp- I implore you, so I am imploring you to learn more about being a business person and entrepreneur and never stop learning about that because that's what you're in. And when I talk to people that want to leave the law, their biggest apprehension is they don't understand how to run a business. So when I was transitioning out of the law, one of the things I had in my back pocket was the knowledge on how to run any kind of business, whether it's online, local, 
a law firm, title companies. I had multiple title companies. I had three or four title companies running at the same time for many, many years and lots of staff. And so I've done all of that stuff. And I, I realized that attorneys, as we, I said before, tacticians, you know how to practice law. You've learned how to write the briefs, how to argue, how to go in front of judges, how to do deeds and uh, estate planning or whatever it is you do. But you don't know how to run a business. And that's one of the reasons yeah. I am here teaching this stuff, because I know that there's a breakdown in the system. And that is why I'm here to help with that. So money is energy. Intention creates more money. Shift your beliefs creates more money. It's a different perspective. Casey calls it a change in your money mindset, which I love. I know there's teachers out there that teach that kind of stuff. Let's wrap this episode up. In understanding there is a lot for us all to learn and money is uh, energy and it can be um, you can make a lot more of it if you choose to change what you believe now Casey what do you have to say yeah uh, and for people who are looking to leave the law the the same ideas uh, you are your own business I like to tell uh, my clients that if they kind of look at themselves as uh, their their current job if they don't like being an attorney think of that as just uh, you know uh, angel capital or an investment a venture investment in who they are as a business which is helping them go to to their next step and so really I, I just want to implore everybody to not let money be an obstacle to them leaving um, if you don't leave you're gonna keep doing what you're doing and keep getting what you're getting and if you if you don't leave the law and you know you really want to, then and you've done the work like through we talk about a leave law behind then uh, you're not going to be happy and you're going to continue on with this life so if you do want to leave the law it's it's a big shift but let's not let money be an obstacle realize that money is just an example it's a reflection of the value you provide you as an attorney all of us can provide tons of value our skills are not just relegated to the legal industry. We can provide tons of value. I've seen it firsthand um, to other non-law alternative areas. And just realize that you can make that money. It comes with careful planning, having a really transparent idea into into, uh, where you currently are. That determines what you can and can't do and the time that it's going to take. Um, it determines what other from your network, what other support areas that you can you can pull on. And then once you sort of get in the nuts and bolts and get that, then it's about shifting your mindset. It's about realizing that you're worth it, that uh, people will pay you a lot of money over time for the value that you provide. So I just want to implore again, please do not let money be an obstacle. There are a ton of resources, a ton of support through this podcast and leave law behind that uh, that can help you if you want to stay in your legal practice but are sort of uh, uh, you, you know, floundering a bit when it comes to money building your business. Adam has a ton of resources about how to optimize and, and make that better. So um, we're gonna be talking more about money. Uh, this is just one focus on it as an obstacle. Please email us, let us know any comments you have and uh, or topics you'd like us to cover. But again, it's just not that big of a deal when you don't think it's that big of a deal. That's it. Thanks for joining us, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye.